a nurse returns home from her shift to find a man tied up in her kitchen and his captor hiding in the corner. She tries to run and call the cops, but the captor stops her and tells her he means no harm. The man he's captured is the man who raped his daughter, and he's brought him here to force a confession. But when the captured man's friends show up to kill everyone in the house, the nurse, the captor, and the tied-up man have no choice but to work together to survive in the 2021 Shudder original home invasion thriller For the Sake of Vicious. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome back to the Filmgasm podcast. Very excited to have Colton back with us after the Predator sniped him on the 200th episode recording. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. You know, um, when I got the bullet to the head, I thought that my life was over, but uh, I pulled a Doom Slayer in Kratos and crawled my way out of the underworld, and it's gl- I'm, I'm glad to be back, you know. <laughs> We're glad to have you back. Thank you. Um, before we get started, I do have a couple quick updates on the rewind. This first one updates our episode on Killer Clowns from Outer Space, uh, one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, and a very interesting episode I had with Josh. It's always funny when like Josh holds these films as sacred, and I could care less, because <laughs> it turns into a very interesting conversation. Wait, you don't like Killer Clowns from Outer Space? I just... It's no, I don't. <laughs> what? There's no other movie like it. There I, isn't. I won't argue that. That is very true. <laughs> I went to Spirit today, and it's like they have a whole section for it now. Like they have costumes, they got props now. It's Josh great. has one of the like cotton candy guns from like the original release of the movie, like pro- toy product line. I saw it at um, <laughs> their apartment. I was like, that's neat. But um, out of nowhere. We randomly got a trailer for an upcoming video game based off no the movie. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the game. That's what it's called. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the tra- you can look up the trailer right now. Um, it's set for a early 2023 release. Players can choose to play as one of seven human survivors or one of three alien clowns. It's from the same oh. developer as Friday the 13th, the game. Similar gameplay. And it's going to be on PS4, PS5, Steam, and Xbox One and Xbox Series X. Oh, okay. All right. So a little Dead by Daylight type situation. Okay. Yeah. Just kind of a, do you want to turn some humans into cotton candy or do you want to snipe some clowns? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. It looked interesting. I don't know if it looked like 60 bucks interesting, but it looked interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When it inevitably ends up on the discount rack, I will think about it. Oh, or Game Pass. I might be on Game Pass. You don't know. Oh, yeah. there, Yeah, there's that, too. It is weird just, like, out of absolutely nowhere, no buildup. Like, hey, remember that movie from 1988? <laughs> we made a game. <laughs> I think it'll be cool if you, I'm like, I don't know, like a, like a, I could see it as, like, a Bioshock-type game, maybe. You, uh, you know, clowns are everywhere. You're on their spaceship and you get to use like clown guns instead of the plasmids you get. That'd be cool. Yeah, it'll probably be pretty fun, admittedly, like a good party game. Yeah. And if, I wonder if it'll rejuvenate interest in the sequel they've been trying to get off the ground since the 80s. So. I am here for a sequel. I wouldn't mind a sequel. There's a 3D one, apparently. Return of the Killer Clowns from Under Space in 3D. Oh my God. That's a title. That's awesome. 
That's a great title. I mean, if you're going to call a movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space, you know, don't distance yourself. Lean into that shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's happening. Early 2023. Uh, if one of us gets it and plays it, we'll have more updates. <laughs> okay. uh, our next update takes us back to our Hellraiser episode. A reboot has been teased for years, and we finally got our first look with an announcement trailer. Hellraiser will be debuting on Hulu on October 7th. David Bruckner, director of The Night House, is directing, and horror icon Clive Barker is producing for the first time since, I believe, the second or third movie. So this is a pretty big deal. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to be on Hulu? Hulu, yeah. Hulu owns Hellraiser now. And, uh, yeah, it's a straight reboot. Uh, Pinhead's being played by an actress this time, and a lot of people are like, "Ah, what? Not aware that Pinhead's a woman in the book. But, um... (laughs) Yeah, I know. people don't. Plus, I don't really think the gender of Pinhead cares matters. It really doesn't. No, <laughs> I just no. want a good movie. We haven't had a good Hellraiser movie since 1987. So, <laughs> I've only seen the first one, and I love it because it's 100 percent the people's fault. <laughs> yeah, don't open. It the always is. They're like, no, I definitely want this, and then Hellraiser's like, okay, and like, ah, oh, just kidding. And he's like, no, it's too late. I told you. Yeah. The second, like, the skinless body of my like psychotic uncle or whatever the fuck it was starts showing up. I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm bouncing out of this. <laughs> my, I don't know if you heard our Hellraiser episode, but it had one of my favorite moments of our entire run of the show. Uh, Austin and I did that one. And we were, we were t- discussing the movie and towards the end of Hellraiser, uh, I think her name's Christy. Uh, her new boyfriend is just there for all the crazy shit that's happening in the house with Pinhead, like, killing everybody and the Cenobite showing up, and he just watches from, like, the background with no <laughs> words. And we were just uh, like, what the hell is he? Like, he must really love her. Like, he's yeah. ignoring all that insane, demonic shit and just being, like, just standing there, like, mm. Or he's into it. Or, yeah, or he's like, this just got way better. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought, like, we, we had such a blast just talking about this guy who's just around for... He didn't know what was going on, and now all of a sudden the dead are crawling out of the uh, floor. Chains are ripping people apart. <laughs> oh, I've seen the first one that is is a classic. I just bought like a souped up Arrow Blu-ray of it, and I've seen Hellraiser two, Hellbound, and that is a weird fucking movie. I mean, it's Hellraiser, so obviously it's going to be weird. But like, there's a doctor who like harnesses the power of the box and like fucks up all the Cenobites. Mm. And that's all I remember because I was pretty young when I watched those. I way too young to have been watching those. I didn't know what S and M was. I just thought everybody was, looked uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> check out the new Hellraiser on October seventh. Uh, we will probably <laughs> be doing something on this show for it. <laughs> yeah. So that's all for the rewind. Um, so this might be a quick episode. Because there is virtually no production info on For the Sake of Vicious. And I thought that might have been like a Shudder thing. You know, their movie, like Shudder is a pretty niche audience. I mean, mm-hmm. you either have it or you don't. There's really no other way to get a lot of these movies. So I just thought that might have been why. But that's not the case because, you know, we didn't, I didn't have that problem. We did Psycho Gorman. I watched The Spine of Night, was able to find plenty on that. So it is just this movie. That's weird, man. I like to usually start with the film's Wikipedia page when it comes to research, just to get a taste of where to go from there. But this is the first film I've ever seen that doesn't have one. So 
I'm going to piecemeal together what I could find uh, and just hope for the best. <laughs> Great. So I guess to start, what did you think? Um, I, I think I liked it. I, uh, I don't think I liked the writing or like the dialogue or acting, but the action and the gore was pretty good. Like, uh, I kind of rolled my eyes when, uh, I think Nick had Alan like tied to the chair or no, Chris had Alan tied to the chair and he was, um, he was like, what do you want from me? And he was like, the truth. I was like, all right. I was like, come on. For and me, then about for me, uh, it was towards the end when uh, Alan's like, "What do you want?" And the the other bad guy is like, "I want it all." Like, yeah, what it? What are you talking about? <laughs> There's also like a lot of um, weirdly comedic moments in this film. Like, like uh, I don't know. Like they all just got into an argument or something, and then Alan, the guy who's tied to the chair, just decides to fall over, and the camera stays on Romina's face for a little too long and it's it's weird or when he's having a seizure and she's like on the phone with her kid being completely calm and pushing Chris away to not beat him up I was like what the fuck is this movie man it is totally okay to hang up on your toddler talking about candy when there's a dude having a seizure <laughs> yeah totally okay um <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that how unbelievably unprepared the goons were to take out a nurse and a dude who could barely fire a gun. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What happened there? Was this their first day? Were these the pledges? Like what happened here? <laughs> Nobody brought a gun. Nobody brought a gun. <laughs> oh, man, no. I also I wasn't uh, bored. I'll say that. You know, I, I wasn't bored at all, but about 40, about halfway through the movie, when the home starts to actually be invaded, Chris says to Romina, he's like, look, I don't know what's going on, but I need you to help me. I was like, same, dude. I don't know what's going on either. Who are these people? Why are they here? He is asking an insane amount of loyalty yeah. to this woman whose house he just co-opted for a torture sesh. <laughs> yes. Yes. That uh, Yeah. That, for me, it's the, it's the character decisions here. It's like, what inspired her to not call the cops or try to run like there was no loyalty to this guy whatsoever yeah i i don't know no the characters didn't make any sense no they didn't the, he even says at one point he's like why didn't you call the cops and she doesn't say anything she just stares at him i was like what why didn't you call the cops <laughs> like what are you doing yeah so it's it loses a lot of points for structure but it gains a lot of points for entertainment value and yeah. the the stunt work and the makeup effects. I mean, oh, yeah. the hammer in the fucking eye alone. Was, yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah, and also I thought that guy was being like, you know, built up to be this monster. This, you know, he had tally marks in the helmet. You know, he's like, you didn't see his face. I was like, oh, this is our monster. And then hammer in the eye, and he's gone. Yep, immediately <laughs> screaming his head off. <laughs> Also, there's so many. Uh, you said character decisions. They just leave the dude tied to the chair while they go out back to like talk for a little bit, and then leave a phone just sitting on the kitchen counter in front of him. Like, what are you guys doing? Well, she frees his hands to make that phone call, and then just leaves the knife there, like he's not going to finish the job. Yep, exactly. Oh my god, I know. 
<laughs> I also so much. I kept laughing at that guy. He got kneecapped so many times. <laughs> yes, he really did. <laughs> I mean, once it's like ah, but twice it's you're laughing. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I think the most like m- squeamish moment I had. There's something about. I don't know, like the back of my knees, but I think it's who gets stabbed there. I think it's Alan. He gets stabbed in the back of the knee, and I uh, that was gross. I don't like that. Yeah, there was some some real moments for me. It was the uh, the broken glass in the guy's oh, he grabs the glass was, yeah. and just rubs his hands on the bad guy's face. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck this is go- like is going on. I don't know why they're here, but I'm into this. <laughs> also, I don't. I don't like I'm I don't pretend to know anything about like you know court proceedings or anything. I don't want to be too insensitive, but like if someone is raped, can't they like check the DNA? Um depends on if there is DNA. I mean, I don't want to be insensitive either, but like if he didn't, you know, finish in that uh, there might not be DNA and also uh you know he might have paid off if he did do it which i the movie's kind of unclear about that if he did do it he might have paid off some people clearly he's got influence yeah so it's a good to fair chance he, he would have gotten off just because of who he is and who he knows yeah i guess yeah yeah but did he do it or did his partner do it i think his i don't know i think his partner did it but did Alan just use that as a way to get that guy killed so he wouldn't, like, suffer the sins? I mean, because the nurse was pretty quick to shove a crowbar in the guy's head. <laughs> it's true. I don't know, honestly. I would say it's left up to interpretation on purpose, but I don't think so. I think it's the writing. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, so before we go any further, I want to – I got a question. Uh as is our new tradition. Thank you, Beyond the Bed. Uh, <laughs> this film's conflict stems from Chris taking the law into his own hands by kidnapping the man he believes raped his daughter. And I'm just curious, where do you stand on vigilante justice? Do you think there are times where it's acceptable or necessary for someone to take the law into their own hands? Um, it's a tricky slope, honestly. I want to say yes, especially I don't want to get too political, but now our justice system is kind of shitty. But then you see people who like, quote unquote, take the law into their own hands, like Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty shitty. So I think if you ch- take the law into your own hands, you can't let. I don't think I don't think you can let your morals go into account. I think it's law. So like, um, I don't know peacemaker he kind of i don't know if he really follows the law but he doesn't really put his own morals into what he does it's just strictly law yeah um it's true i think yeah i don't i think if you don't project into what you're doing i think it's okay but if you project your own morals into it it's a problem it is really hard to not drag your own shit into stuff like that your own bias pains and i get that it's really hard to do that. But also like when I see a story about like, you know, some guy who caught some psycho, like, you know, raping his daughter and he beat the guy to death and he didn't get off. Like he didn't, you know, he got off on it. 
not like sexually i mean in the law like he oh yeah he didn't go to prison for it i like you know i applaud that shit so oh, yeah of course yeah yeah it definitely depends on the circumstance i don't want you know it, it does sometimes feel like we're on the verge of like a mad max fucking wasteland here <laughs> and i don't know what's going to happen then <laughs> but yeah. right now when we still do have a constitution it's it's upsetting when things don't go the moral way but it also is in some cases hard to determine exactly what the moral way is. Yeah, for sure. But again, like if there was like a punisher walking around, just, you know, taking out mob bosses, I'm not crying. I'm not going to cry. Yeah. No. I, I feel like people would be more accept, uh, ex, um, accepting of like a Spider-Man walking around than a punisher walking around. But hey, you know what? <laughs> Whatever. I don't think this world needs a Batman or a punisher. It needs a Spider-Man. <laughs> if you know like Funny thing is, we've got people with the means to become a Batman. They're just assholes who don't care about yeah. people at all. Yeah. Like, if I had that kind of money, that's probably, like, the third or fourth thing I'd do. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's interesting living, you know, living in a world where we do have the occasional, you know, like, you know, I think of Dexter. Like, you know, a serial killer who kills serial killers. But, like, it's not, you know, because of his morals. It's because that's the best way to not get caught. Yeah, he's a psychopath. Yeah. And there have been people like that who, you know, killed murderers. And like, what are they going to do? Send them to jail? They're just giving them a, a buffet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that would be an interesting question. In this movie especially, like, because we don't really know who's, mm-hmm. like, who's the bad guy here until we meet the bikers. It's hard to, to gauge whether Chris has just lost his mind out of grief or if Alan really did this shit. Oh, yeah, of course. This movie reminded me a lot of, um, not a lot of, because I was, I was going to say Prisoners. Prisoners is a much, much, much better movie. But I was getting a lot of Prisoner vibes here. Um, so was Hugh Jackman is definitely like that vigilante type, bringing the law into his own hands um, type of movie. And then... Yeah, I, I, the more I think about it, I don't really think there's been a lot of movies about like there's Kickass, but Kickass is meant to be funny. Well, there's like whenever they do something like that, it's usually like you know an action slant or a comedy slant. It's very rarely in a dramatic, like realistic situation. Prisoners yeah. is probably the best example of that. Yeah, and look what happened there. <laughs> yeah, the movie was great. Oh, such an awesome movie. Uh. But yeah, what he did to Paul Dano was incredibly fucked up and unforgivable. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking of, I was thinking of prisoners when I was watching this too. Uh, so yeah, I guess you know we it really depends on the situation and you know if I've never been in that position, I've never been in a position where you know I lost somebody due to somebody else and you know grew to hate somebody over that. Like I've never been in that position. I hope to God I never am. So. Yeah. I don't know. And he, and he had the means to do what he did too. Like he did it. So yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the film. I don't really have a lot here. I have mostly like a bit on the filmmakers and some fun facts here. Um, the film's written and directed by Gabriel Carrere and Reese Evanishin. Carrere has directed six films before this one, all of which are critically reviled, like 2.7 to 4.5 on IMDb and I was like I don't think looking into these is worth it oh, yeah so this is his like highest rated film and this isn't rated that great oh, fuck <laughs> and uh, same with the, the other guy who directed two films prior which are not 
critically acclaimed at all. But, you know, they're mm. independent filmmakers doing their thing. They got a film on Shudder. Millions of people are going to see it. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The film was shot over a span of 15 days in late 2019. That is insanely quick. Holy fuck, man. Yeah. I'm not going to say I can tell, but yeah. <laughs> well, typically, if you've got like one location and three characters, you can knock that shit out. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I've got some scenes that were included in the script, but ended up getting removed due to a, uh, a lack of budget and uh, demanding schedule. So they had to kind of trim this thing down the best they could. So here's some stuff that didn't make it. Uh, Romina's backstory. Originally, the film opened with her recovering from a traumatic incident that happened in her basement. She mentions that uh, at one point in the movie that she had been through trauma herself. Mm. And we were going to see that trauma. Uh, she has PTSD suffering from this. Uh, we don't really see that. A lot, a lot of this got cut. Um, Romina attempts to get the police involved. A cop comes to the door, gets sent away by Chris, who plays off the situation as an accident. I think that got cut because it makes Chris look like a bad guy. And he's kind of not the bad guy, but he, yeah. he's a bad guy, but he's not the bad guy. Um. Gerald had a direct line to someone in the police department was keeping them from coming to the house. So he, Oof. that was why the cops never showed up despite all the gunfire and the loud noises and weird that there was only one trick or treater. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird. Um, Romina tries several times during the last half of the movie to call nine one one, but the cops don't show up because Gerald is keeping them holding there. The original ending had Chris after mortally wounding Gerald coming back into the kitchen and being enraged again at Alan for still being alive. Oh my God. Chris and Alan fight in the kitchen, which leads to them falling downstairs into the basement. And since, you know, what happened to Romina happened in the basement, she's afraid of the basement, but she goes down there to confront her fears and finds them both dying, but still fighting each other, unable to make peace. She steps between them, ends this whole shit, whole thing. Chris and Alan die staring at each other angered that Romina has kept them apart. She goes back upstairs, sits down in Alan's chair, and just waits for the cops. Uh, okay. <laughs> bit much, I think. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, earlier versions of the screenplay had the film taking place during the summer in a heat wave and a massive power outage. Originally, <laughs> it was a collective of professional assassins and bounty hunters that attacked the house with multiple guns. Okay, but why? <laughs> That but does not why? come up in all of this shit. That does not come up. <laughs> but why? It's like they had an idea and they're like, yeah, let's do it. We don't need to think about it. Like, I get it now. He called his partner to come help him. But his partner was like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity to kill you and take over your position. But position but, in what? <laughs> exactly. Like what? He said, I want it all. All of what, my dude? Are they gangsters? Are they like, did they run a biker gang? Like. What who are who are these people? <laughs> I have no clue, man. Um, so in the original idea of the this professional assassins and bounty hunters attack the house, I mean, I assume this would be over pretty quick. I think you know, one guy with a revolver and a nurse with a hammer aren't gonna stand <laughs> up against a shit ton of bounty hunters. Yeah, no. Um, the film played out as a massive shootout between Chris and the assailants, and it was much clearer in that draft that Alan was guilty. He did do it. Alan to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Romina is the one who eventually kills him. Hmm. 
one draft also included a midway twist where Chris is not getting the answers he wants and just fucking kills Alan out of spite. Just like, fuck cool. it. I know he did it and blows his brains out. I would have liked that, actually. And then they deal with the aftermath. Um, and Yeah, it would have been interesting because it does feel like in the movie that Alan's just kind of pointing the finger at Gerald as a way to deflect yep. and just focus Chris and Romina's anger on him. So, yeah, I think, yeah, he probably did it. He's a piece of shit. Probably. So, that's all I got. The film was picked up by Shudder, released in April of 2021 as a Shudder exclusive. That is the place to watch it. Um, if you have Prime, I think you can also watch it there if you have Shudder through Prime or AMC+. Plus. Hmm. Who, was the, who was the kid in the photograph at the very end? The, the kid. I think that was, that was her son. Why was he crying looking at it? And then died. I don't I don't I mean I assume the kid framed in her house was her toddler. I guess because you know, just like, oh, I'll never see my children again, and this is a child, I guess. I kind of wish she died too. Like I thought I thought would have been really cool. I thought they were gonna do it to where like Alan died. He still died looking at Chris and Chris died looking at Alan. But then it would have been cool if like Romina also died in front of her. But then she goes to the door and gives a child candy. There's people there. Ask for help. Yeah, there is just a bunch of people just watching her. I guess because they just think that, oh, it's Halloween. She just poured fake blood on herself. What a what a lazy costume. <laughs> but it's okay. But people are walking out in the street. And I know it's Halloween, but you see people walking in with masks. Then you hear gunshots and, you know, screaming. No, maybe those are very strong walls. I, I, I got guess. It. I don't know. <laughs> maybe also, I guess on Halloween, you just ignore a lot of shit because you're like, oh, it's probably fake. <laughs> she's she's going to prison. She's going to jail. I don't think so. I think she can talk her way out of this. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of psychos, you know, showed up in her house. Everyone's dead but her. She, she can talk her way out of this. You think so? I think so. I hope so. Or she dies of blood loss on the porch. On the porch, she was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this piece of Halloween candy." It's in her mouth for like twenty seconds, and she's like, "Man, fuck this!" And spits it out and throws it away. That's just another filming making choice. Where I was like, "Why? Why even? Why did you do that?" It does feel like a lot of shit was made up on the fly. We're like, "Oh, that would be cool." What about this? Huh? This would be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you need somebody to be like, "Well, yeah, but why?" And they didn't have that guy. Yeah. <laughs> do you uh, have a do you have a TikTok? I do not. There's this guy on TikTok who makes these uh videos of like people coming up with movie script ideas. And what he how he does it is he does a line of coke and then he doesn't uh like a mad lib, and I feel like that's how this movie was written. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of movies are written like that. A hundred percent. That's awesome. Have you ever seen a Key and Peel's Gremlins 2 sketch? Uh, I think a long time ago. Yeah, I love that sketch so much. For those of you listening who haven't seen this, it's this. It's an uh from Key and Peele. Uh, they're prepping Gremlins too. So there's a bunch of board members just sitting at this table, kind of pitching ideas. And Jordan Peele walks in as like the script genie or something, and he just starts greenlighting everybody's ideas. Like Hulk Hogan, sure. A uh, brainy gremlin, sure. Electric gremlin, sure. Why not? It's in the movie. <laughs> that movie has fucking everything, and it's so weird. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a gremlins too. Is 
frankly, all right, I'm alone on this one, but I prefer Gremlins 2 to the first one. I think Gremlins 2 has a lot more to offer. I think it's more fun. And Christopher Lee is the bad guy. So there it is. Really? Yeah. But I do love that. I, the, the idea of that being pitched and everybody just being like, yeah, sure. Why not put it in the movie? Because <laughs> that's oh, what there's it's a female Gremlin. <laughs> oh, my God. Aren't they doing a reboot? They've been trying to do that for a long time. I think it's turned into Gremlins 3 now. So it's not a reboot. It's going to be a sequel, but it, it's been back and forth like that for decades. Oh, yeah. Joe Dante. I don't know if he's I don't know what he's done in a long time, uh, but he I don't know. He could use the work, I guess. I, I'd love to see a third Gremlins. Yeah, I'd be in there. Yeah. Um, For the sake of Vicious has an IMDb score of five point four, which is not great. Mm-hmm. And a Rotten Tomato score of 78 percent, which is pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Curtis consensus reads quote for the sake of vicious delivers on the gory premise of its title or promise of its title with a no holds barred thriller that should delight fans of pulpy B movie splatter. And yeah, that's pretty accurate. Like if you just yeah. do not care about story whatsoever and you just want to see some bikers get fucked up, this is a good movie for you. Yeah. Are they bikers though? <laughs> I don't know who I they just, are. I assume. Cause the, like, I know the one guy Flint, he's a, he's a biker. He's got the helmet. But everyone else is just goons in Halloween masks. <laughs> uh, man. Who showed up to this house with just, like, knives. Yeah, I don't know, man. Even the tagline for the movie, it's nothing good this way comes. Okay, but why? Why is that your tagline? One night of violence they'll never forget. What do you mean? They're dead. Who's they? <laughs> everyone but her, and probably her too, is dead. Dude, I love the part when they're like all fighting upstairs and she's like in the hallway and then she like looks to her left and there's two people standing at the top of the stairs just looking at her and then she goes back in the room grabs the gun and they're like ah oh, shit they just watched like <laughs> overpower them it's two people who can't fight <laughs> this is what I mean there's so many moments in this movie that like make it a comedy I feel like I don't know yeah I'm with you man um so let's go through this a little bit talk about some highlights um I thought it was weird choice to have kind of the bitchy receptionist give Romino a little shit for taking some candy. Yep. <laughs> like it's Halloween. Everybody deserves candy on Halloween. Exactly. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's not for me. It's for my son. It's his favorite. She's like, yeah, mine too. And she's like, all right, bitch. And then takes an even bigger handful. Yeah. How about you go to Dollar Tree and get your kid a bag <laughs> of Smarties? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. But yeah, and then she just goes home and finds this dude tied up in her kitchen, and this other guy is like, hold on. <laughs> He's like, whoa, whoa, look, look, look. I know what it looks like. Yeah. And then fucking chases her through the house and, like, breaks down doors, and it's like, I'm not gonna hurt you! It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You sure? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he, he chose her because she's the nurse who took care of his daughter when she was in the hospital after the rape. And such a weird connection to make. And even she's yeah. like, I don't even remember you that well. Like, why are you doing this? Why did you pick me? And also, how does he know where she lives? I'll be damned if any, like, I'm not a nurse. I'm just a, uh, I'm just a medical technician. But like, if any fun, if any, I'll be damned if anyone that I take care of, like, knows where I live. That's fucking creepy. How do you know? And why? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, you know, I'm a instructional assistant. 
and I don't, I'm, I'll help those students out, but I'm not giving anybody my address. <laughs> yeah, no, what the fuck? <laughs> I feel more of like the sixth sense where his patient finds out where he is. Like that's more believable than a nurse. Yeah, it's, it's not important. It's not important, clearly. Yeah, no. Uh, and yeah, he tells her the deal and is like, you know, hey, this guy is the guy who did it. And he's like, nope, I was acquitted. Chris pulls a daredevil, not by me. Yeah. <laughs> he even says, he's like, she's like, is this the guy? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, damn, I know this guy. How? Because he's your fucking landlord? Why does that matter to you? Also, what are the fucking odds that the guy that Chris thinks raped his daughter is also the landlord of the nurse who took care of said daughter? Yes. Small fucking yep. world. Ah. And, I, and then he says what does he say he's like oh i have proof that you were in my house i have proof that you did it and he's like why because of the thumbprint that i put there because i'm sleeping with your wife what do you what why what do you mean you he's like i purposefully put the fingerprint there because i'm sleeping with your wife it's like do you want this guy to beat the shit out of you i know <laughs> you're tied to a chair He's clearly incredibly unstable. All of that anger and rage is pointed at you, and he has a giant fucking gun and a big hammer. Indeed. And also, like, again, small fucking world. It's like, yeah. and he's sleeping. It's like a soap opera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for the evil twin brother to come out of the basement. Yep. And she's his brother. <laughs> uh, but when he starts working on Alan with the hammer, like shit gets cringy real fast. He yeah. just whacks him in the kneecaps, goes at goes at his balls. Yeah, that was rough. Oof. And Alan's just like, I just want to see my kids again. Like, oh boy. And Romina just stands there, like, door's not locked. I mean, you could you could go to the neighbors, you could yeah. do something, anything about this. No, she just stands there and watches. Unbelievable. Like, damn, this shit's kind of crazy. <laughs> bro the acting of this movie is so it's not bad it's just cringy it's cheesy she's giving off total like not my department vibes she really is she's <laughs> like hey no not here and she keeps asking I think she asked a total of like three times she's like why are you guys in my house again <laughs> yeah, she keeps giving Chris shit like I can't believe you would do this to me I want you out of my house and Chris just gives her this blank stare the whole time like he's he's got blinders on to anything but fuck this guy up yeah <laughs> she just is not getting through <laughs> but like why did he take her there i don't understand i mean wh why did he take him to her house does he not have his own house where were they at the very beginning of the movie and like that warehouse just do it there i guess his daughter's there i, I don't <laughs> i get it because he's like hey keep him alive as i torture him Oh yeah, that was that's why. Yeah, he's like she knows how to keep people alive. She'll graciously do that for me while I fuck this guy up. <laughs> that's the thought process of a whack job. <laughs> oh man! And then Alan gets the phone call. I love he tells her like you know there's a number you could just all you got to do is text, and people will show up. And then what does he do? He calls them. <laughs> yeah. It's like why say that? Yeah. Uh. Oh, and then yeah, he calls them and Gerald, I guess is his name. It's only if you're you only know that if you're reading the subtitles, because it'll say like Gerald screams or something like that. Yeah. 
<laughs> and Gerald's like, huh, a golden opportunity. And he sends the boys. And what do the boys do? Immediately Nothing. get fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Like they just, yeah, Chris walks in with a gun and just starts blowing people away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, I love how Gerald never speaks. He has like one line in the entire movie. You don't when you're in charge, you don't need to talk. You have people yeah, to do that. He just holds up three fingers, points at the house. Yeah. You just stand outside and just like, you know, keep watch. Yeah. I guess this is a I guess there's not a lot of kids in this neighborhood because it's just that one little girl who <laughs> knocks on the door. <laughs> uh, Chris loses his fucking mind and bashes that one guy's head in with a crowbar. I was like, that's a lot. Yeah, that part was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I was like around that time. Once that once shit started, it did not stop. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I'll give it that. And I love the music, like the, the like techno kind of dangerous music. I really like. Yeah, I liked it. it. Um, have you played Dying Light? I I've seen people play Dying Light. The um the combat music when you're fighting people reminded me. It was it very reminiscent of that. So I I I love that soundtrack. I listen to it as I'm driving to work. It really pumps me up. Just a it. I, you're gonna find this hilarious. It reminded me a bit of Ghost of Mars. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the first round, the first wave doesn't quite cut it. So Gerald's like, "We need more. This is clearly a worthy adversary," and uh, calls in the big guns, which is uh, Flint, <laughs> Mister White Helmet. Ah. <laughs> uh. Who is just built up to be this badass? We meet him like carving in tally marks to his helmet of like all the people he's killed. I assume mm-hmm. he's leading these, uh, you know, these bikers. They show up to the house. Flint walks in and he immediately gets a hammer in the fucking Dude, eye. He's on the cover. He was in that weird flashback scene, and Alan was like, "Hey, he can't be near my house, you know, because he's so violent and unhinged." He's adding another scratch tally mark to his helmet and immediately gets dropped. <laughs> yeah, by. Again, like an unhinged guy who can't fight and a nurse who I'm assuming has just worked a very long shift. Yes. And yeah, just hammer in the eye and then she pulls the hammer out and he starts screaming again and Chris just cuts his fucking throat. Yeah. <laughs> this is our this is our Michael Myers. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. But that bathroom fight was badass. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love the in the like their like they have no options but to just use whatever they can grab. I like that. I I do like um when fight scenes get brutal and gritty and like um like desperate like that. Yeah, I mean to like reach for anything. That's a that's a big reason I love. I know it's like, you know, it's losing its popularity, but I will always love the fight scenes in The Walking Dead when they fight people because it's very brutal. Like they use fists and all that shit. It's no, oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I miss the the grittiness of Walking Dead, like prior to like season eight. Yeah, I still haven't finished that. I don't know if I will. Um, but yeah, she's using the back of the toilet, to, like can, the the uh, tank, oh, cool. to, like bash people's heads in, and Chris is just picking up knives and slitting throats as he gets a hold of people. <laughs> Again with the comedy, did you? Pick up on that one scene where the dude he gets he stabs Alan in the leg and his knife snaps in half. Yeah. Like the blade breaks off. Yeah. 
Allen keeps getting in the leg. Like every time someone goes after him, he gets it in the legs. Yep. <laughs> Even when Gerald shows up, he shoots him in the kneecaps after he's already had his kneecaps broken. And then he's just like crawling around on the ground. Allen is kind of, he's useless. Oh yeah. He's just there. Yeah. Uh, and I am just in, increasingly amazed. The more people go in that house that nobody, none of them brought a gun. I yeah. can't, I can't believe that. Not even Gerald. He used, no. he uses Chris's gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's one of the part when, uh, Chris has the dude's head in the in the freezer of the fridge, and Ramina like crawls over to his body, like she's bleeding out. She's in a lot of pain, but she crawls over to his body to like, what does she hit him with? It's like a fucking hanger or something. I think just hits him on the back, and I was like, what are you doing? It was. I think it was a. It was a kettle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is funny. Just I wonder if Gerald's like in just unbelievably like irritated or impressed by them or like this is my this is my seal team six really yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> god and then it takes that one dude i think on the second round takes him like 15 minutes to just open the front door yeah yeah and ramina gets stabbed quite a lot and yeah she really does just walks in fact everyone gets stabbed quite a lot and i guess the adrenaline is outweighing the blood loss because they're just they keep going yeah, I don't I don't know, man. So Gerald uh has Chris pinned, starts punching him. This weirdly personal punch. It's like you your guy you didn't train your guys well enough for this. This is on you. <laughs> uh and Chris grabs a bunch of broken glass and just rubs it in uh, Gerald's eyes. And I was like, Oh, that was great. I've never seen that before. Yeah. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. And Gerald's just like, fuck. And ends up on the ground. And that's when Alan's like, oh, by the way, he's the guy. But he doesn't say that to, to Chris. He says it to Romina, which is interesting. Probably should have said that to Chris. Yeah, for sure. Should have. But uh, Romina holds up a picture of the daughter, and the Gerald just like rolls his eyes like, ah, fine. You got me. Yeah. <laughs> and she just pushes a crowbar into his fucking Yeah, that was, that was cool. I mean, it was gross, but it was cool. That was vicious. I mean, where yeah. did this come from? I mean, she went from get out of my house to... I'll kill him. Crunch. Maybe if she was raped in that like deleted part of the film, maybe. Or maybe if her kid was or that, something. If they had included that, it 100% would have been Gerald raped her too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have come up because, again, small world. There's only five people in this the world of this movie, and they all... <laughs> they all were in the all the time. Yep. <laughs> Do you watch Saturday Night Live or did you ever watch Saturday Night Live? Yeah, from time to time. Did you ever see the skit they do with the Californians? <laughs> I, I, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this movie is. Everyone is sleeping with everyone. And so everything is a big plot twist. That's what this movie is. Yeah. Did you take the 405 to get here? <laughs> How did you know? Because <laughs> I was in the car next to you with your wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was a good one. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, Romina is bleeding out pretty badly, walks around, decides to have some candy and spits it out like this is not the time for candy and just decides to wait around while people walk around her and just ignore her because that's what people in America tend to do when they see somebody in distress. Yep, 100%. Uh, and that's it. We don't know who this syndicate was. We don't know what 
this power Gerald had over the city was. We don't know even where this is or anybody's last name or anything. <laughs> no, we don't know anything. Yeah. But you know what? I've seen worse. I've- yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, here are two filmgasm facts for uh, for the sake of vicious. Number one, the film's many fight sequences were done 100% practically on set with the stunt performers, special effects technicians, and makeup effects personnel. Hmm. So everyone was there coordinating this in real time. Like, like as they were filming? Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. Visual effects were only used for a handful of muzzle flash shots. So whenever anybody fired a gun. But other than that, all the fight sequences were happening pretty much in real time. Dang, that's really cool. And that's be a lot of chore- uh, choreography then. Yeah. Well, also the four, here's my number two, the four main cast members performed all their own stunt work in the fight sequences. Like there's no stunt performers for the, for the four mains. Like that's really them doing that shit. Damn, that's really cool actually. And I would assume that since we don't see anyone else's face, they're probably all stunt people too. Yeah, that would be a weird ask for the director to be like, all of you people who, whose faces we don't see, we need you to be here too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all. Like, There's not a lot written about this, but I was able to find you know, a drop. Uh, I give the film a seven. It's a decent flick, but it has little to no story. It drops us in the middle of an ongoing conflict without really telling us why or who these people are. And I mean, you know, I, that can be that can work in a, in a horror film sometimes, but not always. You know, we need some context. We need to know why we care about these people. It's yeah, sometimes. But you know, seven. I, I didn't hate it. I'd probably watch this again. Yeah, I'll give it a six just because I don't think I would watch it again. I might like show someone or tell someone, hey, you should. If you have time, you know, check check this film out. It's not boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's not boring. I don't know if I'd recommend this to people. I feel like this can either be a, like, what else you got? Or a, like, really? That's the best you got? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to go home invasion recommendation, I'll pro- like, I would probably go, like, you know, The Strangers or Knock Knock or something else. But Strangers is pretty good. Yeah. For, for me, I know it's, you know, it was kind of, it's not great. But the first Purge movie is so good, I think. Really? I this is a one I don't like from, from Really? The- I just think it's so intense. It is. I think just for me it was like and we we saw this later on in the franchise I was like you're going to introduce this incredible world of crime is legal one night a year and then you're just going to confine that to one house. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. But then in this, you know, in the sequels I got my, you know, national purge. So, it worked out. But uh yeah, I get that. It's um Funny Games also is great. Caleb was recommending that last week. Yeah, I, I got to check out Funny Games. It's really uh, good. I really like Hush. She should have died. I'm sorry. She should have died. <laughs> I fucking, I don't hate that movie, but anytime says, oh, the movie was so good. No, it's not. She would be dead immediately. She's deaf. She's well, deaf. Yeah, but he was more about like fucking with her than he was about just straight up killing her. It was It was more about the game for the guy than it was about just murder. I guess, but she should have died. <laughs> you can never end these movies with the good guy dying because that's just too fucking bleak. We always need to have the bad <laughs> guy get theirs. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then again, like last week's with the strangers, you know, that they kill everybody. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
The second one is awful. I, Caleb told me it was it was good. No, it's not good. <laughs> All right, so I've got conflicting. I've got. I guess I'm the tiebreaker. I got to check this out. <laughs> <laughs> check it out because it's not. It's not good. Oh. At least I don't think it's good. But who knows? I could see this getting a sequel down the road, explaining a little bit more of the world. Maybe Romina made it out, and like whoever succeeds Gerald is like, oh, there's a survivor. We got to take care of that. Yeah. Go get her son or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like for the sake of, I don't know, rage or something. Just For the sake it. of rage? There we go. I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, an interesting film. Watch it on Shutter if you really want to check it out. I think this is going to be our shortest episode since I was doing it by myself, which is <laughs> you know, not my fault. Write more about the fucking movie so I can talk about it more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, you know what to do. If you'll fro- uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. You can also suggest uh, films for us to check out through our email at filmgasm at gmail.com or just send us a message to the socials. Uh, if you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast. We, we appreciate it. And as always, check out the website, filmgasm.com. Where we've got reviews, articles, trailers of upcoming films and all of our shows. Next week, we continue our random picks with a critically acclaimed French horror film from 1960 called Eyes Without a Face. Um, A surgeon causes an accident that leaves his daughter physically disfigured and goes to insane lengths to give her a new face. Considered one of the most influential horror films of the 1960s, Eyes Without a Face is currently streaming on HBO Max if anyone wants to see it in time to hear us talk about it. I'm working on trying to make this one an extra super special show, so we'll see if that happens. But uh, I do love these random picks. I'm getting to see all sorts of weird shit I never would have (laughs) watched. Uh, don't miss the 1976 remake of King Kong on Fridays Beyond the Bad and the 2010 heist thriller The Town on Oscar Sunday. Very excited about both these films. Uh, until then, don't kidnap anybody unless you are 100% certain that they hurt your family. And if you're a gang member, make sure you don't forget to bring a gun to an execution. I probably shouldn't be giving out that advice, but if you are a gang member, you probably already know that. <laughs> Reading it, I'm like, I probably shouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Keep watching movies, and we'll see you next week.